Ow! This is not a twist top. <laughs> Dude, you're just gonna wrap your shirt around it. <laughs> That's the best opening ever. We're gonna uh, use that for every single one. <laughs> well, that was an auspicious start. Listen, I'm new to this beer thing, okay? <laughs> also, on top of that, when I actually opened it, it didn't make a noise. No, one neither did mine. <laughs> Hang on, I'll add this later. Nice. <laughs> so, friends, and by which I mean friends from the UK. Look, oh, shit, that's good. Look what's going on. This thing. Uh, hi. Yes. Tell, tell us how it's going on, guys. It's going on three. Three? <laughs> three. It right. literally did go on three. Never mind the fact it kind of was four. Time. <laughs> <laughs> we can always use more counting. That's the yes. thing. So, this is weird. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Gav, you're in charge. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, nobody here, wants this baton. That. Oh, shit. We're here to talk about two things, and he doesn't even know what one of them is. <laughs> yes, earlier on, we were, watching, we were, watching, the, were watching the Star Trek episode, uh-huh. and he actually said to me, this isn't worrying at all, who is Bones? <laughs> <laughs> I was hungover. <laughs> Now, did you know who Dr. McCoy was and just not know that he was Bones? Or did you not know at all who anyone was? I, I was having trouble with most of the characters. I didn't know who Scotty was either. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were joking about that one. Well, Matt, I think we're doing better already. He's the Scotty fellow. That's where that comes from. Yeah. Oh, God. I was hungry when my brain wasn't working. Can I smoke with one of you? <laughs> No, sorry. I've I've learned to compensate for Matt all this time. I don't want I don't want to recalibrate. <laughs> you gotta start over. Uh so we are here. Jane work on this guy. Yeah. Yes. Three, four years. So we're here to uh discuss, compare and contrast um the two great uh monoliths of science fiction, Star Trek and that other thing. The two best science fiction series ever. Uh-huh. Star Wars. Yeah. Stargate and um Stargate SG one. Yes. Now that I know about. <laughs> Stargate and, of course, Blake 7. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, of course, your show is a fine uh, little, what What do you call it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Any more disparaging? <laughs> <laughs> Ask me after I'm finished this beer and I'll let you know. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> and you do a great show <laughs> that I love. No, I I truly do, and and we all have fun together. And really, I don't care if we talk about any of this stuff. We'll just sit here and giggle about stupid shit none of you care about for two hours, and uh, that'll be that. And you'll thank us for it. Yes. Uh, so I believe it is customary on your fine show to discuss the beer that we're drinking and why you chose it. Well, well, this beer and the reason we chose it. Yes. It is Moosehead Lager. Uh-huh. It is. Canadian beer. <laughs> the reason we chose it is because, because three out of four everyone, of us are not Canadian. <laughs> it's because everyone can get it. Ah, excellent <laughs> reason. Now, here's a question. It's a Canadian beer, but do you have the writing on it in Canadian? In, in, in Canadian. Canadian. In French. <laughs> I no. do not. Huh. No. Unless the so word lager is Canadian. beer, the air. Ah. There nope. is... There is some of it in a different yeah. language, but it's not French. It's French. Well, they don't care for the French there, so they might not recognize it. <laughs> I, it spells Canada with a K. What? 
Yes, they did. A the well-known Dutch injury. author? Oh, yeah, well-known Dutch author. So that's really the only reason you chose it is because we could all get it. There's nothing yes, special yes. about the spear or notable. Right. Well, well I like the picture of the moose. Yes, it's a good is. moose picture. That's a fine moose. <laughs> he looks so angry. Yeah, Gav's happy because he's never had this beer before. Oh, well, always, uh, always happy to indulge you guys there. I've never had any beer before, so uh, really, you've never had be- any beer. Before. Well, no, that's no, you haven't. That's that's a lie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you're not really a beer drinker. Yeah. Well, I- I'm sorry to introduce you to this one. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Budweiser country, so no, I have not had any beer at all. Ugh. Yeah, They're sorry to hear that. For that. I'm that's sorry to say it. Balls are We're on a delay. I don't think that we are. Oh, I see you made a joke. <laughs> I just got it. It's a relativistic time. I do want to do that. Yeah. This, this is, yeah, this is just like every other show we do. <laughs> so. Can't make jokes we don't get them. <laughs> yeah, so, so, we, that's why we chose the beer. Yes. And, uh, how drunk are you, Al, at this particular time? Um, no. Have you, have you drank any yet? I have not. I am saving it for a, a dramatic moment. Now nah, you know what? What the hell? Fuck that. I'm halfway through this point. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah. It's not the best, no. I'll have I another like sip it. here. Ah, it's still terrible. <laughs> okay, so the, uh, the format we have decided is that uh, we will be swapping, like so many sexual swingers, we will be swapping. What a terrible metaphor that was. And... Um, they will be reviewing an episode of Star Trek, and we will be reviewing, what, seven or eight episodes of Doctor Who, I think? I think we're still watching Doctor Who. Yeah, I think the entirety of Series 23 of Doctor Who. So. <laughs> I kid, of course. They needed they needed this a good pool fun. to choose from, and keeping it to two-parters really only gave them, like, what, six episodes or something? So yeah. Yeah. So we gave you a three-parter. Yeah, we wanted to widen it so you could choose from, from more episodes. So there's that. It didn't widen that much, though, really. <laughs> it did. It added about five. It did not add about five. <laughs> You've got all the new series. All right. That's about 50 in itself. All right, they're the one part. Is- Matt, this is what we showed up for. <laughs> <laughs> You've listened to the show. Surely you know this happens. Not only that, we've uh, we, we've spent considerable time with you guys in person. We know that it's not an act, that this no. just happens all the time. It's actually beautiful. Yes, it is. It I truly, think. truly is. Uh, so we've decided that you guys will go first with the Star Trek episode that we've chosen for you. Yes. And what we wanted to do, we wanted to choose something that sort of embodied what Star Trek is, because English Gav has been <laughs> bugging me with that question <laughs> for I don't know how what long. What is a Star Trek? <laughs> well, the episode we chose is Star Trek. Definitively, <laughs> absolutely Star Trek. Yes. Matt, why don't you tell them what we chose and why? chose the uh, Corbomite Maneuver. Yes, we did. Because it is of all the episodes of Star Trek we watched of the of the original series, it was the most essentially Star Trek. We got a it's a great episode. You can cut the tension with a knife. Mm-hmm. You've got what's his face? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Baylock or Bailey? Yeah, yeah, ba- Baylock. Ah. What the hell's his real name? I can't believe I'm blanking on this. I think it's Baylock, isn't it? I'm only halfway through this thing. <laughs> no, the uh, the dude that played him. Oh, Clint Howard. Baby. Clint Howard. Ron Clint Howard's Howard, little brother. Right? Yeah. I kept wanting to call him Richie Howard, which doesn't make any sense. Well, um, 
Lionel Richie was known for. No, I got nothing. Now, the the big thing that surprised me, and I went back and rewatched it for the show because we did it on Post Stomach Horror a good year and a half ago, and I wanted to have it fresh in my mind, is this is only episode 11 in the series, and every character is perfectly defined at this point. It is a very quintessentially Kirk episode. Spock and Bones are where they're supposed to be. Uh, Bones is the doctor, Gav. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was only the third one filmed, though. Really? That's, that's yeah. even more impressive. Um, the two pilots and then this one. Wow. That's fantastic. It's the extremely pissed off guy. Yeah. It's, we can't be doing this. It's it's great because everything that not only all of Star Trek is about, the exploring the unknown and and enemies that actually end up being friends and that sort of thing, it's it's all right there. And like I say, all the characters sort of come together and, and sort of crystallize into what they eventually will be. The other thing is we were originally going to choose Darmok, which for me is, you know, even more. If I had to show Star Trek to someone who had never seen Star Trek before, that would be it. That is pretty quintessentially Trek. As it happens, Irish Gav recorded uh, Post-Atomic Horror about that very episode. I did. It Um, was a good one, wasn't it? It was a fantastic episode. But it didn't really work for this. It didn't really work for this. Although, looking back, the Corbin Light Maneuver is a lot like it in a lot of ways. Yeah. There's there's two guys facing off, and they don't know if they're friends or their enemies. (laughs) It's uh, It teaches you a lot about... Uh, tolerance and giving a care. It's Which just, is what Trek is all about. Yes, exactly. No, it's it's just very, you know, they're very similar in, in interesting ways. So uh, so rather than tipping every single thing about the Corbin White Maneuver, let's, let's let them talk about it. <laughs> okay. Yes, we have this Star Trek episode, so uh, we're going to do the synopsis as normal. As, as we called it now, is this some kind of synopsis? It's a Gav's note that he can't remember why he made. <laughs> <coughs> so, uh, off I go. go. N- Navigator Bailey begins the episode as he means to go on, whining. This time about charting new space. He didn't join Starfleet to go where no man's gone before. Meanwhile, Kirk has his portly shirt off in sick bay while McCoy berates him. I'm sure this is a slash fiction. Suddenly, a giant Rubik's Cube approaches the ship, and Bailey freaks the fuck out. Red alert! Kirk leaps up and urgently charges to the bridge, but first, stopping to change and brush his teeth. The cube is like nothing they've seen before. It's probably bigger on the inside than out. Hey. Bailey, <laughs> Bailey wants to shoot it, and if Worf was born, I'm sure he'd agree. Side fact. <laughs> Side fact, Worf's first words were, this cot has no honor. <laughs> later, later in the briefing room, they decide that the cube is some kind of trap, so warp away from there, but the object is able to keep up and emit radiation. Eventually, Kirk takes the Worf route and shoots it, resulting in a Michael Bay movie. They then travel forward to see if they can meet the intelligence that just tried to kill them. Bailey is given a task to keep him out of the way, supervising drills. Power ones, probably. <laughs> Kirk eats solid while McCoy berates him. Can't say that being a slash fiction, but anyway. <laughs> Suddenly, a giant pollen grain appears before the Enterprise. I bet Bailey has hay fever too. The ship identifies itself as the Vesarius, First Federation flagship. Fancy. Phalok is the, sorry, Baylock is the captain and wants to dispose the, of the Enterprise. It gives ten minutes for the Enterprise and its gallant crew before it's destroyed. Spock manages to use Google Image Search and find a picture of Baylock, an ugly green alien. Kill it with fire! <laughs> Speaking of ugly people, Gav. <laughs> 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 
you just describe yourself when you're running over? <laughs> Reacting to some childhood alien abduction trauma, Bailey freaks out and starts shouting at everyone for not doing anything. There's clearly not enough panicking and breaking stuff for him, so he's sent to his room to cry. Kirk pleads his case, maintaining it was only self-defence, but the alien head isn't having any of it. Seven minutes left. The next tactic they try is to ignore it and hope it goes away, but to their dismay are informed there's now four minutes left. Spock analogises their situation to being in checkmate, and in a patented house moment, Kirk realises the key is not likening it to chess, but poker, and hails the alien head. He warns that they have a lethal defence system powered by carbamite that has had a 100% lethality rate towards the attacker so far. Hey, don't oversell it. He, he goes on to say they are growing annoyed at the alien head's foolishness. One minute left. Bailey then returns to ask his dad if he can come out of his room yet. Sorry, ask Kirk if he can return to duty. They all watch the timer. Five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, the countdown ends without incident. The alien eventually informs the Enterprise that their destruction has been delayed, and if they can prove they have carbamite, the destruction will be cancelled. Not actually having any carbamite, Kirk denies the request. <laughs> Undeterred by this, the alien dispatches a ship to take the Enterprise, imprison its crew, and then destroy the ship in a controlled manner. Nice to see there's health and safety in space too. Power is then restored to the Enterprise, so they can escape later in the episode. The little ship then starts towing the Enterprise, and Kirk forms a new plan. A new plan? <laughs> he forms a new plan. <laughs> Hope for a mistake. He then activates the ship's engines to put strain on the tractor beam, which completely fucks up the artificial gravity as everyone starts falling to the walls. Eventually, the Enterprise breaks free, and the spaceship runs out of power, sending a distress signal. Kirk takes McCoy and Bailey over to the ship and discover that the alien head is actually a puppet and a bold child on a bed. He explains the distress signal was a test to discover their true intentions. Seizing the opportunity, Kirk decides to rid himself of Bailey and leaves him with the alien to learn about alien cultures. And everyone lives happily tribal after. <laughs> Did I do that right? Yeah, close enough. Uh, Matt, I give him what, like an 8.5? Good attempt. <laughs> I give him 10 stars to his mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gav, it's it's Corbamite. Corbamite, something in Star Wars. I I wasn't sure if that was his accent, so I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, I knew. Um, yeah. the only so, the only sorry. point that I would make, uh, Gavin, in your uh, Irish, Gavin, in in yours, <laughs> yeah. was that you didn't mention uh, that they were Earth minutes. He gave him ten of your Earth minutes. Yes, I, I was going to make a joke on that, but uh, didn't. you were waiting <laughs> for me to actually notice that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did like that he took the time to uh, look through the the the, 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 the scatters and everything to find out what minutes were. Right, he, he Wikipedia Earth. Oh, this is their measurement of time. Well, okay, oh yes, minutes. Spock did Google image search and then uh, he did he Wikipedia to find out. Right, <laughs> he did seem to know everything about. Well, I, th- I, I do. Li- I do like in the future that the all males have pointy sideburns now. Mm-hmm. I think that continues into yeah. next gen, doesn't it? I think yeah, quite data a- has pointy sideburns, right? <laughs> and that uh, that their pads that they use are actually bigger than tablets are now. 
Well, they look like, I don't know if you guys have this over there, but you probably have something like UPS, like some kind of big package carrier that, you know, delivers things. Yeah. They, they make you sign for it and they have a thing exactly like that. that yes, it looks like that. Yes. Right. They're probably all waiting for packages. <laughs> well, I, I figure Yeoman Rand brings the coffee and the salad and then the UPS packages. <laughs> Maybe that's why the Federation was formed in the first place. To Federation formed. Yeah. It was an intergalactic space delivery. Service. So it's like Futurama. Yeah. And the, right. UFP, okay. the UFP is the uh, future version of UPS. Oh, God. It <laughs> <laughs> just somehow started fighting the Klingons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we have to get these packages to, through the Klingon Empire. <laughs> Gotta get that serum through. <laughs> A Romulan ordered some penis enlargement pills. We need to get them there. <laughs> I, I didn't order any penis alert. <laughs> Who says I did? <laughs> it was, it was Duras. <laughs> Worlds are colliding. Um, <laughs> so what, what were your first impressions? I'm curious. We chose this episode. Maybe you guys hate it. I don't know. Ga Irish Gav, I'm pretty sure you didn't. But actually, honestly, English Gav, you're the one I, uh, I'm really concerned about. You're the about. one whose respect I, I desperately it. crave. <laughs> I don't care about. Go. What? <laughs> What did you think? No, I loved it. It's a fantastic episode. Really? Yeah. Now, I, I, joking aside, your your lack of knowledge of Star Trek aside, you are vaguely familiar with who's who and what they're there for and so forth, I assume. Oh, yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I, do, <laughs> I do like Star Trek. I've, uh, I've watched pretty much all of them since TNG. Mm. Well, I assume... I assume uh, you watch Voyager with a... Irish Gav. Right. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately. Which, again, we will, which we will get to. Uh, must we? Well, we? well, we won't, but you will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll be there. <laughs> I, have a list. I have a list that I'm going to review. <laughs> He's already written a synopsis, so he doesn't have to watch the episodes again. <laughs> no, I just, I kind of wanted general opinions uh, before we got into sort of a serious discussion. Just uh, overall, you, you did both quite like this episode then? Yeah, I uh, I watched it and I've been watching T uh, Next Generation at the moment as well. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I think it holds up really well, mainly because of the characters. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, they're... Definitely a character episode. And it's so... <laughs> they're so clearly defined at this point. you got Kirk doing everything he can, including cheating to win. you got Spock holding it together when everyone else is freaking out. you got Bones being Bones. Shout shouting at people. Yes. Yeah. I, I was surprised to learn it was the third episode. Yeah, yeah. The third, third episode, and, and they're so clearly defined, and you can see them. Yeah, exactly. And you got fan favorite Bailey complaining. <laughs> well, I was thinking Bones isn't completely formed yet because he's not bitching at Spock, but then I realized that's what Bailey's for. Yeah, he's always yelling at so your computer. You don't care. Ah. I, yeah, I, I, I hate having to go where no man's going <laughs> Is Bailey ever seen again? No. I probably Matt, is he heard in books? Because I'm sure he Baylock must have been. Ate him. Ah, well. In books, he is seen again in the comics and things. Mm. He uh, he becomes an ambassador to the First Federation. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, good and then he's, in, then he's in something else. He but it was completely forward. irrelevant. Was it Voyager? Yeah. Uh, you know, yes, mm. he was seen in Voyager. Yeah, he shows up in Voyager to complain about how lost they all are. <laughs> it was it was a comic, mind you, but it wasn't the. You know, oh well, that doesn't count. Oh boy, a Voyager comic. <laughs> yeah, you know, as much as I love Star Trek, I think those two words really uh, still make me cringe in fear. 
Um, I think Bailey was meant to be sort of an audience identification character. I don't know that he was successful at that, <laughs> but I think the whole point was he's, he's the Barclay of you know the next generation Barclay of yeah. the original yeah. series. He's just worse. <laughs> but I think he's there to show you why these people are great. Like, because your reaction as as the audience is, are you just going to fire on this thing? What do you, you know? What are you guys crazy? And it's like, well, no, these guys are heroes. See, yeah, they're great. Yeah. I don't, don't understand how he. About it. Yep. I, I don't understand how he got on the Enterprise. Well, they, actually, they mentioned that. Uh, uh, well, actually, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> no, they mentioned that uh, Bones said. I know. I know he was promoted. Uh, yeah, Bones like, said he uh, promoted him too early. Yeah. Because he yeah, saw yeah. a bit of himself in in Bailey. So. I'm not sure which bit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, is is toupee? <laughs> oh that come on! You you got to give Shatner credit he was he was at his best here like i i can't deny he was a he was a handsome man there when he was doing his physical he was not the uh the paunchy doughy sweaty man that uh that he would become by season three yes like i could i, I admit i did think that when i saw him with shirt off because this is an attractive man yeah that's why he cast him he's the, he's the hero he's a good this is guy. Time I know him. <laughs> he hasn't gone to seed quite yet yeah no you can definitely see why they chose space, him initially space seed oh god that was a star trek pun gavin i'm uh, so proud of you he should be ashamed of himself <laughs> this is fun i'm the only one here that can make jokes about everything yeah i was i was thinking that you do have a bit of a comprehensive knowledge of both things, and the rest of us are sort of in the dark. So he is wearing a crown as well. <laughs> I am the Burger King. Of course, I'm probably alienating all the Doctor Who viewers. What are you talking <laughs> yeah, about, Gav? Have you left the uh, video thing on? Yes, I think I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Bailey was just. I understand why he was there. He was just annoying. Well, like I say, I think he was intended to be an audience identification character, but I think. A lot of it was the acting. I think the guy really overplayed his, you know, panicking. On the other hand, they really captured what it would yeah. like to send a prick into space. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I it did seem really over the top when he started freaking out because they weren't attacking. <laughs> I wish he just said, I'm freaking out! <laughs> you guys don't understand! Now, this episode has... <laughs> what are we going to do? It's different colors. It's spinning. It's got that music. Yeah, and I like when he sheepishly sort of tried to make excuses for him freaking out. Oh, no, I was saw a bug. Yeah, I was. I'm allergic to wasps, so I was, you know, really concerned. I'm allergic to Rubik's cubes. Well. Mr. Um, Spock, why don't we just paint it all the same color? Why don't we? <laughs> so Bailey's really just OCD, then. It bothers him that things are slightly out of place. Yes. Yes, like I, him, the Enterprise. Everything, really. I, one thing that sticks out for me back when we did this uh, episode, and it must have been back in episode four or five of post Horror, way in the beginning. Oh, way back. No, it, it, I think it was episode 11, because you did the cage for the first six episodes. Oh, right. I think we're still doing the cage. Yeah. <laughs> You're watching the cage and Doctor Who. Yeah, seems. at the same time. Uh, now, the one thing that jumps out at me about our original thoughts was Matt was really impressed that while Sulu didn't get much to do, he was still sort of uh, cool and kind of making jokes. He was, if anyone's interested, there's only two minutes left. You know, like, 
live. They only gave him a couple of lines, but he was kind of personable and kind of the funny one, kind of like what Jordy would end up being in the in the early bits of Next Gen. And uh, he's kind of charming, and I like I like that he didn't get much to do, but he was still likable. I really miss early yes. Sulu. Yeah, when he was funny and like likable, and not just like, "Hey, my heritage." Well, as as it became the Shatner show, Captain. As they turned it into the Shatner show, guys like him kind of took a back seat, unfortunately. Yeah. It's if been too long. I'll be in room one two one. What's that? If anyone's interested, I'll be in room one two one. The Botany Bay. <laughs> that was that was a trap. I'm seeing if you're going to take it. <laughs> oh God, this beer is horrible. <laughs> Jesus. Be honest with hey, you. Review, um, like, You're still drinking that? Review. I finished mine. I maybe halfway, if that. I'm on to two. Oh. Well. See, we only have one of this. Thank God. We have a lot of other beers. <laughs> oh, that's which, which I will be drinking shortly. Oh, yeah, those. Um, can you see that? Oh, I didn't. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, the music as well, I, I really liked. I think it's just because it's sort of like, well, because I obviously watched watch Star Trek, but it's yeah. just really nice to watch it again and, and the music. I miss the music and, and the characters and everything. It so. was very 60s orchestrated in a good way, like very bombastic and very like of its time. And I, I like it a lot. Like you couldn't put music like that in a TV show now. Which is sad. No, yeah. although you should. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, you didn't like it, did you? <laughs> no, particularly the pieces when the alien shows up, when they've got da, the alien da, 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 da. Yeah, that, <laughs> that really grated on me. That music da, da. followed it around. Like, when it showed up on a screen, that music would start playing. And then... Uh... I just found it very obtrusive music. Obtrusive? Yes. I can see that. that. No, what does that mean, guys? It means I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it means shut up. <laughs> well defined. I, I even like when uh, when Spock pulls it like pulls a picture of it up on his monitor and then it's playing quietly. Right, exactly. Yeah, but he, he turns the volume down. You see? Yes. We can't concentrate with this crap. And then and then Spock's whenever Kirk's talking about it, um, you know, about helping helping Baylock or whatever, mm -hmm. he says it's it's alien. Uh, we're going to help this life, alien life, but life nonetheless. <laughs> I mean, Spock is just I'm right here. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. I, go ahead. Uh, and uh, also the bit where you, you know when the cube's spinning right in front of them, mm -hmm. and it's all multicolored. I expected Spock says something. I really expected him to say, "There's no, no earthly way of knowing <laughs> what direction we are going." Now we had an unfair advantage showing you guys an episode that has been restored, that's been cleaned up. The the effects were better. The you know the the print was well, cleaner. We watched both. Yeah, we yeah, we did. We watched the, we watched the enhanced version. We watched the enhanced, and then we watched the original effects as well. It's, I mean, it's. I would say it still stands up, but I think the cleaned up version obviously is a little better. You get different angles of the Enterprise. You get a clearer look at at Baylock's ship. Like it's just everything is as it was intended, only better. I think. Yeah, it's it's yeah, definitely it, a lot. Sorry, go. Yeah, it didn't. I think make actually that much difference to. I mean, it was obviously cleaner. Right. Yeah. It wasn't as great. But nothing was like vastly changed because of it. It, it, it was just sharper. Now, as a as a big Star Trek nerd, I like seeing the Enterprise from more than just the three stock shots that they had back then. I like seeing they have that shot from the nacelles, sort of behind, looking forward, and they have 
one really good long shot where I, I'm always a sucker for when the ship looks tiny in space and you get an idea of just how big the space around it is. Yeah, that was one of the things I always liked about Doomsday Machine. Yeah. There's a few episodes like that in the restored ones where the ship is just tiny and you realize it's out there in the emptiness. It's it's just yeah. alone. And I really like that effect. Uh, so what else? Any any major points you guys wanted to make? or? Yeah, I don't, I don't like how, I think it was Spock who said about the... It wasn't the cube, it was the second ship, mm-hmm. actually. Okay. Uh, Kirk asked about its mass and he says, it's off the scale. <laughs> So the mass scale. Hmm. <laughs> no, the keyboard scale. Right. How small is this scale? And they're exploring the universe and looking at vast planets and suns and the immense masses that they must be in it and this little spaceship's off the scale. How big is it, Spock? Ooh, pretty big. <laughs> I'd be Ooh, willing to say quite big indeed. It's about this big. He's holding a ruler it's up a to the new screen. Big. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I can blot it out with my thumb, so it can't be he's, that big. He's putting a ruler up to the screen. He's like, <laughs> it's only six inches. We can totally take this. <laughs> I, like I like how they still haven't gone metric in the field. <laughs> no, that's not true. They 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 mentioned a couple of times that it's only 5,000 kilometers away or something like that. Yes, Kelly Cat. Well, they said the ship was a mile long. Oh. Well, okay, but in England, you guys are metric, but I know you still use miles occasionally. Yes, we do, yes. So, there you go. We're, we're an enigma. <laughs> enigma. I... No one built a, uh, a planet-spanning imp- or, uh, government based on that. Come on. That's a good point. Uh, so, yeah, any, any further points? Any additional uh, business? Uh, Bones was fucking awesome. Yeah, he was. You remember that guy? Yeah, that guy <laughs> down in engineering. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, common. Uh, especially when he's with Kirk and Spock, uh, and you thought about um, when he was when he when he was about to die. Yeah, the, they've got like four minutes left, and uh, Balzi decides to come up and uh, just argues with Kirk about uh, personal records. Well, why should he change? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's nice is Kirk. <laughs> Kirk is trying to keep his voice down at first because he doesn't want the, the crew to hear it, and Bones is just. Rah! He <laughs> doesn't obviously care. doesn't want them to win. Yeah, but, but, exactly. but that bit was just put in there to give Kirk like, aha, that gives me an idea. Yep, I'm going to play Kerplunk with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, really, I did enjoy the scenes with him and Kirk. What's up, Matt? Damn it, Jim! I'm a doctor, not a kerplunk. <laughs> he had his first damn it, Jim, but it was weird. It was I'm a doctor, not a moon shuttle conductor. What? Yes, it, it was quite weird. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure what that means. He, he used to be a moon shuttle conductor <laughs> when, he was, when he was in college. Right, he was he was Mister Conductor on Shining Time Moon Station. <laughs> oh my God! I would give so much to have a tiny bones yelling at kids <laughs> and then narrating Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> Listen, if if uh, if Alec Baldwin, George Carlin, and Ringo Starr can be Mr. Conductor, Bones could totally be Mr. Conductor. Meanwhile, Wait. on the damn Wait. island of Sodor, Mr. George Carlin yes. did Thomas the Tank Engine. That's what yeah, I'm saying. it was great. Yeah, absolutely. I knew about the other two, obviously. No, no Carlin was for a while. But I didn't know, wow. Yep. He was the one after uh, Ringo. Did he, did he talk about no religion? <laughs> yes. Well, in his in his stand-up act, he would say uh, he would say some horrible things. 
then he would say, and remember, I'm Mr. Conductor, so you gotta listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) He would go, I fucking, I hate kids. And remember, (laughs) you're talking to Mr. fucking Conductor. Yeah, there we go, that was it. (laughs) Now I'm thinking of of Mr. Conductors like doctors, because there's at least three of them, so he must have regenerated. (laughs) Mr. Conductor, yes. <laughs> I imagine George Carlin being the first one. Yeah, because you know, grumpy, poking things with sticks. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's uh, that's all I know. <laughs> well, that's all you need to know. <laughs> that, that and what you guys have told me, of course, which I I hang on every word and remember all of it. Mm-hmm. But that's just all, like, really. Just like Gav remembers bones, <laughs> which Gav's upcoming cover for his uh, next one is the Doctor poking himself with a stick. Oh, is that how the second Doctor comes to be? He pokes himself until he's dead, and then uh... <laughs> <laughs> he pokes himself with a stick, and then he crawls out of the hole he made in himself. <laughs> wow, that's quite an image, right? Yeah. Enjoy that. <laughs> uh, last last night, Amanda, who for for those of you who are not familiar with us, uh, is is my wife, I think. Um, maybe we were We're not sure she and I were talking about, um, the, the movie about John Lennon that was made not too long ago with, uh, Chris Eccleston, the, uh, the nice doctor where you see his, uh, where, yeah, he's, he's fully, uh, yeah. (laughs) Is that what you guys call it over there? We do now. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound very British. We were talking to a set of a woman last night. Oh, I see. Well, we were, we were discussing (laughs) that he, he might be the first doctor that you've ever actually seen him fully nude. And then I was, uh, I, I said, well, except for William Hartnell, of course. And then I made myself vomit. <laughs> <laughs> How far did Matt Smith go in that recent miniseries? He didn't get his didn't. hoo-ha out. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you spelling it hoo-ha like Doctor Who-ha? Ah. <laughs> Damn it, why not I think about it? No, I'm not. <laughs> All right, then. So it, it is customary on your program to... Uh, choose a companion so I'm curious who you guys would have chosen in this episode yes we uh, well I chose who did you choose that I was going to go with Bailey you chose Bailey to travel with the doctor yes why he's exactly the sort of character that they have on the show what idiots yes (laughs) so it's not that you like him it's just that he's so much like the other companions yes he's perfectly simple I don't want to be here (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah he'd be he'd be like uh, all of them (laughs) he'd be like the bride in the first oh (laughs) I know now I know I know I have enough of that with flung country (laughs) An uh, Irish guy. What about you? I, I chose Scotty because he could teach him how to drink. That's fair. Although at this point, Scotty had what three lines? I think <laughs> he'd be like, uh, "What is this?" Hmm? Yeah, and then Scotty could say, "It is green." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all kinds of crossover jokes today. You are <laughs> actually though having someone on hand to say this is green back in the black and white days would have been very helpful. Good <laughs> <laughs> job. There, it is, it is green. It is. Oh, good. No, there were there have been a couple of uh, old early black and white ones that I've seen, and a couple of times they've remarked on the colors, and I'm like, oh, thank Christ. I have no idea what color that's supposed to be. Thank you for that. Doctor, it's so vibrant. Isn't it just? It's the brightest color I've ever seen. Oh, come on. You guys are it, jerks. It reminds me, it reminds me of uh, there was a time when uh, they used to do snooker in black and white. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> they would, and they would say, and uh, you talk about the red color, and he said, and for those of you at home, the red is behind the blue ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that helps. Thank you. <laughs> he did that once. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you have you guys chosen a quote? Do you have, do you have a joint quote, or have you chosen separate quotes? We have chosen separate quotes. Very well. Yes. I will not choose the same quote as him. Gav, what's your quote? Yes, my quote. It's got a slightly visual touch to it as well. Now, those are the best quotes yes. I find. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you well, can explain what color it is as well. <laughs> yeah. well. We'll do show notes, so we'll do a still if that helps. Yes, this was when McCoy was behind the blue ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he had blue balls. That's what it was. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. It was slash pick after all. Damn it, Jim, I went to public school. <laughs> Now, I think it was shortly after the uh, sort of health sort of checkup thing that mm-hmm. Kirk was having. You know, kicking and, the boxes in the uh, yes. sort in of, sick bay. Yes, in his blue slipper things. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, basically. He was kickboxing the wall. And Kirk had sort of literally just left, and McCoy was sort of saying to himself, I jumped every time a light came on around here. I'd end up talking to myself. Very nice. Why is that visual? Because he did it as Kirk just left the room. Yeah, that's a good point. If you don't know that he's there by himself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, My my quote is is a bit of a long one. All right. It's basically uh, Kirk and McCoy with the salad. It goes thusly. What the devil is this? Green leaves? It's dietary salad, sir. Dr. McCoy ordered your diet card changed. I thought you knew. Your uh, weight was up a couple of pounds, remember? Will you stop hovering over me, yeoman? Well, I'll change it if you don't like it, sir. Bring some for the doctor, too. No, no. No, I never eat until the crew eats. The salad did is we, green, by the way. Did, did we go thusly with your coat? <laughs> I did not go thusly. No. You didn't. Well, you well, failed already. Well, one of us will have to do a thusly just to uh, just to correct for the thusly balance. <laughs> to balance out that thusly. Um, one final thing, uh, English Gav, you did mention the, the mass scale. I'm curious if any other science things jumped out at you, like either good or bad. Oh, there was plenty of oh, things. <laughs> yes, there was the, the, uh. And I will actually myself on one of them as well. There was the Coromite you whinged about. You were like, oh, Kirk didn't say that would destroy his ship as well. That wasn't a maths, uh, science thing, though. That was a maths thing, was it? Hmm. Now, when they first encountered the ship, they're saying it's approaching at light speed, mm-hmm. Captain. If it's approaching at light speed, <laughs> how the hell can you Because <laughs> when it gets there, that's the earliest that you can ever see it. And that's not that nitpicky. That's a good point. <laughs> yes, but then I, I thought, well, they actually use uh, tachyons. Which are faster than light in Star Trek. Ah. So, so if yeah, they don't have, they don't have that big, they, the don't, they, don't, they don't really have that long range of sensors. If it said it approaches at light speed, it would be there two seconds later. You might as well say nothing. So it's, it's like they're doing the Picard maneuver then. Yes. It's approaching. Isn't it? mind, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's interested, oh, never mind. <laughs> God damn it. I'm going to get these one of these days. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've just forgotten how great it was, and I think it stands up against uh, Trek and Doctor Who and Move the Nose Up, Gav, I was reading that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, which is great since it's a regular episode, and I really don't need to say any of this. 
Yeah. Excellent. So there we go. All Is right. I was, yeah, I, <clears throat> so, no, I, I just, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. It's, uh, this is essentially what I like about Star Trek episodes, these sort of episodes. It's, as you said earlier, it's quintessentially Star Trek. Well, and I was worried that one of, I didn't think Irish Gav would have any problems with it because he's, you know, an, an old school Trek fan from way back. But some people might complain that this is a slow episode because there are large sections of it where nothing happens. But it's one of those things Matt and I talked about a lot where they did tension really well. Yeah, the the fact mm. that nothing's happening doesn't mean that it's not exciting. No, they milked it for suspense, but on a lesser show, it would have just been boring standing around waiting. But they, yeah. they did it very effectively here. I don't think it makes too much sense. <laughs> you know him trying to destroy the Enterprise. Oh, it was all a, it was, it was all yeah. a test. Well, no, no, he was bluffing, too. They and were then he'd be bluffing. like... And then they'd be like, don't worry, you'll be seeing a lot more of these tests in the coming series. <laughs> I hope you like tests. Yes. It's all <laughs> I'm sure you have a thousand questions. Yes, I have many. I <laughs> bet you're not going to answer a single one of them, are you, you bastard? <laughs> you bold bastard. <laughs> in, in his defense, he's only, what, two, maybe three years old? That's true. Yeah, who gave him a fucking starship? Right. I'm sorry, but... I, the idea of him just going to a Starship dealership and just be, yes, I'd like to buy a Starship, and the guy going, oh, my God, what's wrong with your face? <laughs> well, yeah, it is, it is the <laughs> exact sort of Star Trek episode type of thing. I hope you all like Where they're exploring new things and they don't understand it and they're trying to work it out. And right. All that stuff. That's what I don't like. Honestly. That's that's definitely why we picked it. We we had several other candidates, but I think it really came down to this. We we go on and on about how Gene Roddenberry got a little carried away with what his vision was supposed to be later on, but early on, this is a very you know good representation of the kind of thing he had in mind. And it was done very well. Yes, it was. Uh, are we ready to press on? Yes. Yes. All right. Um, so we'll we'll go on to the to uh, Doctor Who. What shall we talk about the bit? You must. Oh, right. This is a good point. Uh, it was all right. It was wank. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're done speaking with all you. Right. <laughs> I am about halfway through mine, and I will choke it down because I am a good sport, but this is disgusting. I thought it was fine. <laughs> it's very tasteless. It's it's like all your traditional weak tasting wines. You were going to say North American beers. You were going to say North American, weren't you? No, I was not. <laughs> Go on, say it. Insult her. We can Insulter. take it, it's fine. Because all the general He's going to insult Doctor Who later, you might as well. Well, all the ones I was going to compare it to was the uh, Carling, which is Canadian, Foster's, which is Australian. People can't see you doing inverted commas. I just have to do it now. Also, Obviously, we call them quotes. Right, so. so. um, marks, yes. Most of the sort of Greek beers, lagers. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's like all beers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like most lagers. Now, now would you say it tastes like moose? <laughs> I think you'd be more qualified to answer that, Matt, than any of us. I will tell you right now, no, it does not. Mm. What does moose I taste like? Like snake. Oh, well, of course. Oh, not chicken, then. Yeah. Well, possibly pork, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, who doesn't enjoy a good pork beer? <laughs> Actually, you guys mentioned that on Drunken Time Travel. You had yes, bacon beer, drank, and it was awful. We drank a pork beer. Yes, you did. <laughs> well, if anyone has, it would be you guys. Yeah, or flunk. <laughs> yes, it was shit. Yeah. 
Seattle apologizes for that. <laughs> That's the real question. Now, I would drink long pig beer. Of course you would. Mm-hmm. Short pig so beer? would I. No, no, no. The beer with the refreshing hint of human flesh. So was it green beer, then? Yes. Right. It, it varies from person to person. Right. <laughs> so, uh, to compensate me from my drinking that crap, I am now drinking Guinness Special Export. Well, I'm now drinking Stiller Artois. No, I'm now get drinking Guinness Drought. I don't think it's Drought, Matt. <laughs> yes, it is. It's got a U, so Drought. Very well. <laughs> well. When I finish this horrible thing, I'll have an energy drink that doesn't have any alcohol at all. <laughs> Good for you. All right. So uh, let's let's move to the second portion of the show, which is this other program we're watching. Yes, Doctor Who. Mm. And we can now explain why we gave you the Happiness Patrol. Very well. Do you want me to go, guys? Yes, you do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll film the slightly limited options. We've already we mentioned the slightly limited yes. options. I thought this one. I thought this one sort of encompasses more of what a traditional Doctor Who episode is. So now you're talking the original series and not not including the new or everything. Yeah, well, we didn't want to include the new one because yeah. you, you've all seen it, really. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was either this or the rescue. Okay. Yeah, uh, we've only just done the rescue, so we thought mm, it's a bit too close to what we've already done. And, although it is a damn good episode. It was it, your Darmok. Yeah. It's, it's it's basically it's basically <laughs> God Almighty, was it? <laughs> 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 It was basically, it's basically the Doctor going in and uh, toppling a regime. It's just a very Doctor Who episode. And, uh, and he's got the silly bad guy. Now, we've skipped yeah. way ahead to the to the seventh Doctor, is that right? We have, yes. indeed. Like, just before the show went away for a while? We have. Uh, we'll get to there in about six years. Right. <laughs> no, we were talking about this. I, I like this guy, and then he got shot. Right. Yes. Uh, uh, but but not in this know. episode. No. Or it'll, ep- be, it'll be another five episodes before. Right. You you just know that off the top of your head, don't you? I do. I do. I meant him, Matt. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. So we have a summary prepared for this episode. I am delighted to hear it. Or epistory, as apparently it's meant to be called. <laughs> it's easier to call everything the same thing. It's story. Mistakes. Right. Uh, and it goes, if I'm led to understand correctly, thisly. <laughs> uh, so, part one, Gem and the Holograms of Death. <laughs> we open with the epic sight of an old lady frowning. She takes, uh, she takes a sit on a park bench next to a guy in a smart fedora and ridiculous pink jammies. Then again, I don't want to waste the word ridiculous and pink because, oh boy. <laughs> Meet our villains, our truly, truly outrageous villains. You know how when you were eight or nine and you got your mom's Footloose-era exercise outfit and that pink wig she wore for Halloween and you tried on some of her makeup? No? That was just me, huh? Well, that's what these guys look like. Also, they're carrying what appears to be the result of an unholy union between a super soaker and a fire extinguisher. (laughs) Enter the TARDIS. The doctor, wearing his finest Matthew Lesko question mark suit and carrying a genuine cobblepot umbrella is wandering around the underground BBC set, I mean, totally real alien city, with... God, what happened to Ian? You guys never told me Ian was a cute <laughs> mid-80s punk girl? Now I, under- now I understand Sorry. the appeal. 
Then they made a dude in a bowler hat who was the most English thing I have ever seen. <laughs> then there's a slot machine and a mime or something. I don't know. And then, oh, God, Matt, you're going to have to help me with the candy robot thing. <laughs> this is Spider-Man behind a desk all over again. <laughs> I will literally die of laughter like the weasels in Roger Rabbit if I think about it for too long. <laughs> okay. So picture the, the big lumbering mutant from this island Earth. Except he's made from those shitty licorice all sorts that your grandma thought you liked. But in actual fact, nobody did. Now, cover him in tubes. Give him a high-pitched robot voice that will put a flacetto Dalek to shame. A tinfoil mustache. And a horrible real-person mouth. And you're starting to get it. Also, he kills you with jam. This is never explained. Thank you, So while all this is going on, the evil mastermind of this wacky place, a place where everyone is expected to smile and be happy on pain of death, is watching the proceedings on a little TV monitor. I wanted to make a joke about how she looks like the villain from The Hunger Games, but I can't make that joke because she just does. Like, a lot. She has a pet... rat? Wolf? Matt and I couldn't decide uh, what it was supposed to be, so let's split the difference and call it a wolf. <laughs> Matt's name, not mine. Uh, this creature lives inside a birdcage with absolutely no indication of how it managed to crawl in through the only tiny opening. <laughs> Meanwhile, the doctor and Ian are driving around in a go-kart. Well, I say driving around. We only ever see it move about six feet before they run out of set. <laughs> Excuse me, I mean totally real, not at all fake, completely believable <laughs> alien city. Then the two of them are separated. Hot Ian is taken to the candy mines, and the doctor hangs out with a blues man, who, like all black people, can never stop playing the harmonica. <laughs> The two of them then storm the low-rent walk-and-knock-off security kitchen, which is to say they crouch behind a table, and are discovered. End of episode one. Barreling out. All right. So we join our story already in progress as the doctor and Bleeding Gums Murphy are strapped into Barbara's chairs and forced to be fed British sweets. Surely the most terrifying foodstuff in the multiverse. I don't think it's any coincidence that the Gavs got me hooked on cola cubes and now I need two painful and expensive root canals. British candy has destroyed lesser men than you, Al. Anyway, so the doctor escapes by forcing the candy man to have a temper tantrum and then knocking over a stray champagne bottle of lemonade. Excellent vintage, too. Because of science, the candy man is stuck to the floor and the doctor and the blues man escape through a sewer pipe because sewer easy sewer access is always important in your security kitchen. Then everyone runs around for a while, as we were warned to expect from Doctor Who. Corella DeVille flushes her monstrous rat dog down the toilet, and it chases them for a while. Back in the kitchen, the Candyman is still stuck to the floor and screaming. This will continue until after long, all of us are long dead. <laughs> While all of this is happening, Girl Ian makes friends with a suicidally depressed member of the Happiness Patrol, who lets her escape. She is recaptured almost instantly and sent back to be executed via firing squad and then jammed. All of, this is, all of this is explained to us in a way that where we're supposed to assume that it, were, it makes perfect sense. I assume this is because we're missing 30 years of intricately woven backstory. <laughs> the doctor sees a wanted poster for Gurlian, which doesn't really make sense because they hung it up after she was captured. But it's an alien culture, so where do I get off pointing its flaws? Uh, well, they couldn't make the poster until they captured her to take her picture, obviously. Well, of course. Uh Oh, that's anyway, it. so the doctor grabs a conveniently surly man living in a wall and tells him that Gurlian is about to be executed via jam. Firing squad. Also, the candy man is still stuck to the floor. Still or again? Always. He is always stuck to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Episode three, the wolf puppet of death. Uh, a lot of the same stuff that happened in episode two happens again. But then we get a new part, and oh boy. The doctor is singing. 
and not just singing, he's belting it the fuck out. He has a completely intense jam session with the blues man. No, not the jam they kill people with, different kind of jam. Also, he plays the spoons. I'm kind of having a hard time picturing William Hartnell doing something like this, but I really like to think that he did. <laughs> anyway, more chasing. Uh, some stuff in the BBC air conditioning ducts. I mean, totally real alien sewers. And we meet... <laughs> what are these guys? Sort of trolly mole men? Moly troll men? Matt, I'm going to have to defer to your knowledge of the supernatural and poorly constructed TV monsters on this one. Imagine if Yoda and an Oompa Loompa's bastard child fucked a Nilbog troll, and you're more or less there. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Now tell them what happens next whilst I continue to enjoy this fine beer. Oh! <laughs> Alright, so Gurleyan teaches the Yoda Oompa Nilbogs to speak punk. Okay, so the doctor sets up a de demonstration in front of somewhere with a bunch of sad people to free Gurleyan. And then the Happiness Patrol are powerless to stop them because they're acting happy and rules on this planet are weird and vaguely defined. There's another thrilling go-kart chase, and then the Doctor yells at some snipers, demanding they throw their guns away and change their lives bend style. And that rat dog gets hit by a go-truck. <laughs> After that, uh, some more running, and then Al tells you what happens. The people revolt. The Hunger Games' Cruella DeVille lady buggers off with her Mary Kay briefcase, grief-stricken by her goddamn dead dog. Another, <laughs> another society successfully destroyed by Kirk as he exits the planet never to be seen again. Hey, I just got how these shows are similar. <laughs> and that's how that went. <laughs> and that's how you are a second-rate drunken time travel. I'm so sorry, uh, you guys. That was fucking amazing. You just insulted us. <laughs> no, 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 no. I called us a second-rate drunken yeah. time travel. All right, okay. We insulted us, which we were good at. I could insult you if you like. <laughs> oh, you will. Oh, you will. Oh, you will. <laughs> I, I will not. <laughs> As the episode goes on and I get considerably drunker, yes. Yeah. Matt, why don't, why don't you share your first thoughts before I get into my whole deal? I really, really enjoyed this. And, and this is why, Matt, you're my favorite. <laughs> well, thank you. No, it was, it was exceedingly goofy. But British? it was so much fun. Just, like, just completely fucking ridiculous. The first time the Candyman shows up, I lost my shit. <laughs> like, he is completely insane looking. All right, let me, let me talk about... I really didn't want to be the guy who hates this, and I don't hate it. I truly don't. There's a lot to like about this episode. What I liked was the fun stuff, what Matt just said. I loved the fun... There was just too much taking it seriously. There was too much like it was trying to have a message about sometimes people need to not be happy. And the villains were just, I don't know. It wasn't fun enough for me. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't sort of over the top pulpy, almost campy enough. It was like I was meant to be to take these pink Frightwig ladies seriously. And I just couldn't. Here's something that occurred to me, but I don't know enough about England to know if it's true or not. Is she supposed to be like Margaret Thatcher or something? Everything in the 80s was supposed to be Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yes. That's Doctor Who for you. I, yeah. I believe she was, it was like a Margaret Thatcher type thing. Okay. Yes. And then, oh, and I then feel the, smart now. And then, the, and then the, there was a whole gay rights thing with the uh, TARDIS being painted pink. And the, really? And, the, and, then, and then the two, and then the two, sorry, guy's dying. And then the two, it's okay, I'll carry on. It's okay, and he'll regenerate. The two, <laughs> the two, God, if only he's going to be better this time. And then <laughs> the two. Yeah. And then the two people uh, that went away, 
speaking. So, and then the two people that go away at the end, uh, the husband and then the guy that made the Candyman, obviously that's a whole gay thing as well. Is it really? Well, they were, they were wearing pink. Well, yeah, but I mean... Yeah, I'm, everyone was. Right. I assumed they were wearing white <laughs> and some... Say. I assume that they were wearing white and somebody put a red shirt in the in the wash and now everyone's wearing pink. <laughs> everyone put a red Dalek in the wash right. and everyone's wearing pink. <laughs> so really, I mean, was that gay stuff intentional or are you just reading that into it? I'm, I'm, I can't remember if, if that's intentional or not. I think it is. Because that would be interesting. I, it, the the, the, the Margaret Thatcher thing, well, to be fair, you don't know who Bones is. The Margaret Thatcher thing is, uh, is, uh, was intentional, I believe. Well, and honestly, and really, this isn't me being disparaging. I think most things written in England in the 80s had some kind of anti-Thatcher. Like, every artist living in the UK in the 80s just could not stand her. And, like, almost everything that's semi-serious that I've, I've read from that period just has something against her. They just they really didn't like that woman. I think Doctor Who in that era was particularly known for its political agendas at the time. Right? Really? I love the idea that Doctor Who in the 80s was known for its political agendas. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea how happy that makes me. Now, what... Was it? I, I thought it was. <clears throat> I, I remember that one. I don't know about oh, the other Was it just uh, Nathan Jonathan Turner, whatever his name is? John Nathan Turner. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> that was close. <laughs> Nathan Jason. <laughs> one of those three named men, you know. Yes. You right know. name, wrong order. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, so, okay. Well, wasn't Ace a big deal? Like, was having a punk on TV, like, wasn't that kind of a, a big thing? Well, I really liked her because she's, uh, and we'll get to this in six years, because <laughs> she's really, she's, uh, you know, she's not your typical screaming com- companion, which is who she directly followed was, uh, was the one who screamed all the time. Mel. So yeah. a Bailey. So Bailey, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that, that was why I liked her. No, I, I quite liked, liked her. Uh, yeah, she loves going around blowing things up. Yeah, really. that's Amanda was very familiar with this stuff, and she helped me through some of the stuff that I just wasn't that familiar with. Because, and I'm not. This isn't a criticism of you guys, but we gave you like at the very beginning episode, and you gave us something with 30 years of you know. Of well, there wasn't really, there wasn't really that much. No, 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 there that. wasn't. But for to know who Ace was, you know, at the beginning, Amanda could give me, you know, little tips, things like that. And she said, "Yeah, she's always carrying explosives, and the doctors always saying, please don't blow that up.'" Yes, that that was a running sort of thing. Mm. No, she became my favorite character almost immediately. Yeah, no, I quite like. I mean, I found her quite attractive. But beyond that, she it, it looked like she was very resourceful. She could handle things on her own when they were split up, which I liked. Yeah, and she has a lot of uh, history. Mm. Not just with the Doctor, but, you know, there's things, and especially in the next series, that mm-hmm. sort of dealt with. Oh, nice. I assume she's related to Vivian from The Young Ones. <laughs> <laughs> she was Vivian's mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, time travel. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, so, uh, what about the Doctor, then? I really liked him. Like, Yeah, he was great. I And I'd never seen anything with this Doctor before. I assumed that toward the end of the series, like, toward... You know, right before it got canceled, I assumed that that doctor must have been terrible for the show to get canceled, but not the case. Because I no, mean, no, no, no. They, they got very low ratings, but he he was. A, I think it's just I don't know why people are idiots, obviously. But I <laughs> really do think he he is he's my favorite doctor. Well, now I was going to ask you yes, about this. I'm sorry, we couldn't no. get to see him at his best, at his conniving, planning best. No, I, that wasn't the one where he's yeah. I definitely got a hint of that, but um, I, I'll get yeah, to that he, in a second. He sort of manipulates, well, he doesn't manipulate, well, he does sort of manipulate time so that he can 
play. It, it sort of figuratively plays chess against, mm. you know. Not poker. No, not poker. <laughs> no. This is why we chose this. Because it's, because they're it's a nice contrast. I see. <laughs> no, Gav, let me, let me ask you. He's your favorite. Was he your first? No. The fifth doctor was my first. Wow. It's pretty good fifth, or that's a pretty good first doctor. I just, I sort yeah, of assumed, I, I sort of assumed he was your favorite, and and again, not a not a criticism, but I assumed he's your favorite because you kind of grew up with him. It seems like that would have been the time when you were prime Doctor Who age as a kid. Well, if this is my first, and then you know, watching him, I thought he's 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 better. It's a lot like James Bond, right? Uh, Timothy Dalton is my favorite now, really, uh, and he didn't. I think I sort of grew up with Roger Moore. Hmm. I think they're just like weird choices. Maybe I'm a hipster. <laughs> you like the same hell of a time to find out. Like about a because nobody else. <laughs> no, hey, wait a minute. Isn't your favorite the eighth? <laughs> I can't think of a more obscure choice. The one who was around for about fifteen minutes. Yeah, the one who had ninety minutes of total screen time ever. Mm-hmm. Well, not even that. The movie was 90 minutes, so he wasn't even in it. Oh, that's a good minutes. point. Yeah, he was off screen sometimes. I think he was uh, in oddly, for maybe an hour. <laughs> oddly enough, that was my first Doctor. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, I watched that movie when it first came out on Fox when I was like 10. On Fox. <laughs> Fox. <laughs> that explains so much. Yep. I, no, I really like the Doctor. I, it took me the three episodes to warm to him. In the first one, I was like, uh, I don't really get it. He's got this very sort of over-the-top way of, you know, he, he loves rolling his R's and being very... He really ro- loves rolling his he's R's. He's very sort of... I don't want to say flamboyant because that implies something else about pink tartuses. Oh, God, a flamboyant doctor? You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is the old series, Matt. Oh, God, a flamboyant doctor from the old series? You don't say. Have you seen What's-His-Face? Yeah, I, I have, I have. Um, which one? <laughs> which one? Uh, six Doctor. Is it Colin Baker? Is he the blonde one? Yes, he's, uh, you know, he's going to be on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, over here. It's like <laughs> a reality show. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, you and me, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like I said, in the first one, I didn't quite get what his deal was. And then there's, he starts, he's got this way of taking charge when he enters a room where he does that thing where, stop, you know, stop, where are you going? Oh, I belong here. You're, you're the one who's wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll continue. You know, he's got that attitude where, like, if you if you walk into a room with exactly the right sort of authoritative uh, tone, everyone will just sort of concede to you, and he's totally like that. Yeah, like the way he took charge of the census guy. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the uh, and the snipers. Mm-hmm. Yes, also that was that. a weird scene. I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I I didn't. So. Uh, hmm? uh, I mean, yes. What's your, what's your what let's go with your your good thing and your bad thing, Matt. I like being in charge. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> end of the end of the day, my good thing was Ace. Every time she showed up, I was just delighted. Also, I like also I like her pulling the bomb out of the uh, go kart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love him pulling the bomb she's like, out of the go kart. Like, I really want to pull that out. No, just go away. Yeah, just go on. Never get to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she she's probably one, she's one of my favorite companions. Yeah. Just delightful. She's one of the better ones, yeah. Hmm. Also, I like the the uh, enthusiasm behind. I've got some badges. <laughs> <laughs> She'd love some of our new laps. 
Uh, I know a song about a guy who's in love with a girl, but then she gets killed and he's really depressed. Oh, God, that was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) She goes back to the ring and then then she's killed by the train and he's really depressed for the rest of his life. (laughs) (laughs) No? No? Okay. (laughs) You like the wire. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my bad thing, a lot of Stuff kept happening that happened in the second one. What you mean, like people being captured and things? People getting captured and people running around. The Candyman gets stuck to the floor. Oh my god, he got stuck to the floor like seven times. And then he gets stuck (laughs) to the floor again. Yeah. Yeah, see that stuff happens. See the series we're watching at the moment? Uh, People get captured and released a lot. That old woman puts that wolf down the toilet. She puts that wolf (laughs) down the toilet again. Yeah. It sounds like a song. <laughs> the old woman puts the wolf down the toilet. Is that a new verse to the song from uh, from the Gunfighters? Yes. Oh God! <laughs> I'm feeling like that wolf as well. How yes, did he, looked, how did he get in that birdcage? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> built it around it. Okay. <laughs> how so, did they get so him out? It was, <laughs> so it was never out of the birdcage. <laughs> that episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one that died in the sewer that it had no idea what to do. Yeah. Too much open space. How, how much did that thing go through once it got into the sewers? It, it got blown up and roof fell on it. And, yeah. And jammed. A poor bastard. <laughs> jammed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was the point of Candyman, really, in this episode? That is a good question. Uh, well, it, it, it was one of the best things about the episode. You, I, lo- I, I love that fucking ridiculous looking guy, but he made no like there was no point to him. <laughs> the, there was literally no point. It, it was just there to look weird and stupid. Yes, it, it didn't tell you anything to the story. Here he the comes. People, the people who made licorice all sorts actually uh, sent you know were uh, sent them a, a legal letter saying you know. <laughs> It's, it's 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 going against Bertie Bassett, our our trademark, so they can never use Candy Man ever again. Oh, and then uh, Doctor Who sent back a letter saying that licorice all sorts are completely inedible. Yeah, nobody eats you. Nobody eats your product. You must be going out of business any day now. Yeah, this episode was filmed in twenty one oh eight after your uh, claim expired. <laughs> Very nice. Now I would love to see Matt Smith fight the Candy Man. It's really too bad that they can't do that anymore. Yeah. No, they can actually. That's a shame. Yeah, it is. That is a shame. Is it? So, what's your bad thing? Uh, oh, do I have to start with my bad thing? I, I'm, I think I'm going to a good place. I'm going to start with your bad thing. <laughs> Very well. Place. Unless you want to do it the other way. Around. No, 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 no. Um, like I say, I just I couldn't buy into the seriousness of it. I like, I genuinely like the goofiness. I like the fun. My favorite episode of the new series was Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. That is what I love about <laughs> Doctor Who. It's just when you see the Doctor having fun and there's just goofy shit happening and he's like, this is great. Wee! Like, I, I love that. I love just the, the enthusiasm and the sort of pulpy feel that the universe has these weird little corners that he loves exploring. But then there's this weird sort of heavy handed thing about happiness or I don't know. I, when I'm meant to take people with pink hair seriously, I just don't buy it. <laughs> I don't care who you are. I cannot take pink hair seriously. It's just a, it's a block that I have. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't like the seventh doctor. <laughs> it was yeah, the, fourth, the fourth doctor would definitely be for you. Mm. 
That's uh, Tom Baker, right? Yeah, he's yeah. sorry. Yes, Tom Baker. He's <laughs> he's insane. Well, and it's although, although you didn't like the pirate planet when I showed you it when I asked, did you? No, there were the two Douglas Adams ones I, I watched. Uh, the pirate planet I didn't like, but I loved. Uh, was it City of Death? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was fantastic. I know that much. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> no, that one that one was fantastic, and I'm I'm glad because I didn't care for Pirate Planet at all. Um, but no, I I genuinely eh, I genuinely like the the fun the. Eh, and I, I felt like there was some of it here, and I think part of it was just the padding. You guys have to admit, there's a lot of padding in this there's series. a lot of fucking padding. Most of the serials could be one episode shorter than they are. Well, yeah, a lot of, yeah. I think, I'm, well, this is, what, 25 years ago? Hmm. It is 25 years ago. 24, 25. Yeah. Um, you, you see that with the first series of Star Trek, or Next Generation, and you see that... With this, and you see it with the old Doctor, and you see it with uh, the the old original series as well. Just the uh, things are more fast moving now. That's true. I'm sure. I'm sure I've said that on uh, DTT before. I, that's but, true, yeah. but in this old, in this older, in this format, because there are three episodes, you feel like, well, why are there? Th- you know what I mean? If you have an hour to fill, that's one thing. But if you can pick how many parts it is, why would you pick three? Well, they, they, in that series. They had, or season for you guys, they had, uh, they, they had two, four episodes, they had, well, yeah, I suppose they had, well, they had to be cheaper, you see, because they had two, oh, I see. Uh, they had 14 episodes to fill. So, you know, the less sets you have to make, the better. Really? I would not have gotten the idea watching this episode that they cut any corners budgetary wise at all. I mean, no, I they spared they no they expense. Should. Al, I think this might be sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> that will lead nicely into my good thing, actually. What's your good thing? Sarcasm? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Yeah, that's my good thing. <laughs> Listen, nobody does, ing- nobody does sarcasm hey, better than the English. My sarcastic detector has exploded. <laughs> nobody does sarcasm better than the English. I got it. Like, you guys invented sarcasm, and I will be eternally grateful to you. No, honestly. Gee, thanks. <laughs> You would think that the the low budget stuff would be a bad thing. It's not. I love that. That's part of the fun thing that I'm talking about. It's so goofy. It's there's a charm to it that you can tell they have little money to work with, but there's so much going on. There's there's the wolf thing. There's those li- weird little troll creatures. There's you know there's a lot of different monsters and animals and and you know weird stuff. And while it all looks ridiculous, it's it's interesting that they didn't just give up and say no. Let's show two people in a room. They still they were very ambitious with the limited resources they had, and I really like that. Yeah. Is that all you've got to say? Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> good point. It is a good point. I would, I would rather I watch a series that has lots of big ideas and no money than the other way around. Well, this is true. Which brings us to Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Take- Stargate. We hate you. Or, or most other TV <laughs> sci-fi series, really. True. Oh yeah, Gene Roddenberry Stargate. Mm. <laughs> Take that, Gav. <laughs> Show of hands, fans of uh, Andromeda. Nobody. That's what I. Uh... <laughs> What's Andromeda? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. Oh well, that explains everything. Andromeda? <laughs> I didn't realize he did. I. There were two or three series in the 80s that they, like, realized, or might have been the early 90s when he died, 
they realized, oh, God, Gene, Gene's dead. What are we going to do? We have all these notebooks of his crappy discarded ideas. Let's make them into series. Mm-hmm. And they did it like yeah. three times. It was awful. Didn't he do uh, Earth Above Earth? Or something? I think yes, he did. Earth, yes. Earth Final Fantasy. I, I did enjoy it. That did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it, yes. You do like a lot of shit, though. <laughs> we have and a I guy like that, too. I mean that in the nicest possible way. <laughs> no, we have a guy like that, too. It's all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really do not want to give the impression that I didn't like this. I did like it. I just... I think if you didn't like it, that's fine. No, 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 no. It doesn't sound like you didn't like it. No, no. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying it doesn't matter to me. No, I know. It, well, it does, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there is. I didn't, a... sleep, I didn't sleep last night. Came <laughs> oh God, like, oh. I like it. <laughs> there is a very distinctive, unique vibe to Doctor Who that, uh, being with what I grew up with, where I grew up, I, I don't really get it. Like I don't, and I don't mean I don't understand it. I just. There's an aesthetic, there's a mentality, there's, there's, I'm missing, English Gav, you'll relate to this, I'm missing a frame of reference. <laughs> <laughs> His visual is just like Terminator. <laughs> and all the time it says missing visual frame of reference. <laughs> Directive one, what is Star Trek? <laughs> I, I feel Directive like... two, what is everything else? <laughs> But Doctor Who in in the UK is this cultural institution, and maybe it wasn't with you know in, at this point with the Seventh Doctor. But overall, it is this incredible monolith of you know everyone grew up with it. Everyone like when I watch shows like QI, which are you know adult comedians talking, they all say Dalek and they all know what it is. It's I uh, I the other well when I started my new job mm-hmm. we did uh, dictionary type thing. Mm-hmm. And we had, we were in the teams, you know, for icebreakers. Mm-hmm. What the fuck that means? But uh, and then one of the people on our team was given Dalek, mm-hmm. and he didn't know what Dalek was. Now, did everyone else in attendance mock him for that? Because I assume it, most people did. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I I couldn't believe that. How can you not know what a Dalek is? Like, is he, was he American or something? No. <laughs> I think he was just an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But now compare that to here, where if I know what a tribble is, no one else in the room is going to know that. Yeah, but uh, Klingon Klingon would be would be an acceptable. uh, I suppose that's true. but not Uh, not twenty years ago. But people are going to know what a Klingon is. Mm, not twenty years ago, I don't think so. Well, this was uh, this was only this year. That was when Trek was at, or that was when TNG was big. But TNG was never big. It was big for a syndicated show. It was big among nerds. But it was nerds. big enough that people knew, like, no. people were aware of it. No. Like, I think, my I coworkers think just, at the time did not know anything about it. Really? Yeah, but no, I, this was this year. The person didn't know what a Dalek was. Well, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. That's Doc, unacceptable. Arguably, Doctor Who is, like, more popular than ever right now. Well, and well that's, this, is, this is true. This is true. But that's why I'm sort of jealous. Not if you read the Daily Mail, it's, nobody watches it. <laughs> No one reads the Daily Mail, Catherine. What's the Daily Mail? They only get five million viewers. It's like, well it's, it's like Fox TV made on paper. Well, it literally oh God, is, I'm right? I'm so it's, sorry to hear that. Isn't exists. it run by Rupert Murdoch? Yes. Yeah, billionaire so. tyrant? Yes, billionaire tyrant. <laughs> Rupert Murdoch. Yes, but exactly. I, what my, my overall point is you guys have a culture that is more accepting of that sort of thing and was for many many years it's only recently become okay to be a nerd like and and to like this stuff and for it to be mainstream here and i think 
Doctor Who is something you could just buy into, whereas for me it was like, well, what what is this? You know what I mean? Like our our culture is not nerd friendly. It is now, but it as is a kid, now. but as a kid, I just didn't get yeah, that's, Doctor that's Who changed, at all. But that's that's changed as well. Yes, um, culture has become. I mean, not completely nerd friendly, but you know that has changed in the last twenty years as well. Absolutely. But because of that, I, I didn't grow up on this stuff. I don't even think we had it here. We had it on PBS late at night, but it was not very accessible. Yeah, it would be like Monty Python probably. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I knew enough about Python that I wanted to track it down, whereas Doctor Who, I didn't have anyone to recommend it to me, so I never really sought it out. It was fairly obscure over here, and because of that, I didn't grow up with it, and watching it now feels like I'm missing some vital thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was it more of a thing in Canada? I mean, Amanda was like Amanda watched it when she was. Like, yeah, I knew she knew it, so I just wanted to, you know. But it, I was never, I wasn't exposed to it until I was in high school when they started playing it on uh, our version of the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, it was never that high profile. And then here. it was just the weird black and white show that came on after Weird Science. Yeah, so we we just we never, you know, there there was probably not a time in your in your you know adolescence that you didn't know what Doctor Who was. No, it's just I would have known. I knew what Doctor Who was from when I was small, really. Right. As, as no, sorry, as I was. probably knew what it was, but I never watched it. But it's still, it's still. I, I heard of it. An inherent part of your culture is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would say that's that's very much true. And that's the big reason. I just I feel like there's something going on that I don't quite understand, and I feel like that's probably why. I don't think it's really seen as a huge sci-fi thing here. What do you mean? You know, it's, it's part of the it's part of the culture, mm-hmm. um, but it's not but it's, like I mean, it's, it's not considered sci-fi. Well, yeah, recently, I, I that. recently with the uh, with the Olympics in London, they they had all these sort of towers of of you know like English culture. They had like James Bond and they had Harry Potter and Doctor Who's part of that. They're you know you guys are that proud of it. It's that important. I was actually really shocked that there was no Doctor Who stuff. There was though, wasn't there? No, I watched well, no, the, opening. the opening the ceremony. They were going to have they were going to have yeah. a TARDIS materializing. Or I thought Matt Smith did something. No. Oh well, I'm mistaken. No. Well, not in the opening ceremony, sorry. No, Never. yeah, all they had was just the sound of the TARDIS materializing. Oh, oh yeah, and they were going to have all the doctors. Yeah. Um, you know, on a, on a screen or something. Hmm. We, it was nice to hear this the TARDIS materializing. Right. It's always nice to hear that. Facebook. Always uh, nice to hear from a it's a shame they couldn't devote anything more to it. Right. No, I just I've gotten the impression that it's it's that big of a deal there though. It's one of the sort of the cornerstones of of your culture. It is. I would say so. It mm-hmm. is. You know, because even because you know, it's it, it takes up a lot of uh, media pages and things whenever there's a new doctor or speculating about a new doctor. Right. Even even after the doctor's just regenerated. You know, who's going to be the next one? Who's right. going to be the next doctor? We just got this one. <laughs> <laughs> who's going to be the next one? Well, three. <laughs> Coming up on Doctor 45. Everyone's really excited. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the. <laughs> Whereas if they recast That's Captain. It. Just like your politics. <laughs> your I'm yeah, politics. They, they have another captain in Star Trek. Yeah, there, there, would, there would be some, you know, maybe now. But in the '80s, there was there was not a lot of press about Picard. There was no, a no. little like, "Oh, Star Trek's coming back!" Ha ha, nerds! Ha ha, parents' basement, whatever. Ha ha, flogging a dead horse. Right. Well, it's probably different because <laughs> probably different. Well, Picard always likes his dead horse. He does love his. It's horse. probably different. Saddle. 
<laughs> it's probably different because Doctor Who's the same character, it's the same show that's been going on, whereas Star Trek ended in the 70s and there were just some movies and then they decided to bring it back to TV. Well, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about about the two shows. They both endured uh, Doctor Who's coming up on its 50th anniversary and Star Trek will be there in 2016. Yeah. These shows have been around forever okay. through different means. You, like you said, it's the same character. Whereas with Star Trek, they've they've had to sort of change things a bit. I mean, it's yeah. only the same universe, but it's like... Yeah, but on the other hand, while the Doctor... Just not back to going back to the original guys. But on the other hand, while the Doctor is the same character every time, he's not. That's you, true. You were just saying, if I liked Goofy Fun, I should go to the Fourth Doctor, because he's completely different than the Seventh. They're different mm-hmm. guys. It's the same character, but they're different stories. Right. Are, and they act differently. Like, they, you know, there might be... Some I don't know if they act... Because, well, I, I remember reading some uh, uh, writer of Doctor Who, and he says he always writes the Doctor the same way. Really? Hmm. Mm. So the I difference is just know, in the actors. I don't know whether you should. Right. I feel that they're different. You know, they're the same yeah. basic character, but they have different personalities to them. Well, it you feels know, like they've... Yeah, they've got the same base sort of motivation and character behind it, but they've all got the extra bits that make them unique. Right. Well, or, I mean, even just yeah. in the new series, just seeing the difference between Eccleston and then Tennant and then Matt Smith, you could definitely see mm-hmm. there's... A, they, like, they have the same basic moral code, they have the same interests, but other than that, they seem like very different people to me. Mm-hmm. Almost to the extent of Star Trek captains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all. Yeah, I could see that. They're, they're basically the same. You know, they're they're trying. I mean, they're not. One of them's not evil or anything, right? Well, well Cisco. One sometimes. of them should. Be. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't believe you said I was evil. <laughs> Very nice. I'm not the evil one. I'm the woman. Oh, you shut up! <laughs> it's not nice to hear from a woman. <laughs> I, okay, so that's a that's an interesting topic. Is comparing and contrasting? Yes, comparing and contrasting. No, I mean we have the different Star Trek captains, and some of them are better than others. Well, it's the same with Doctors, yes. <laughs> well, like I say though, there there was a point where Doctor Who dropped off in popularity. It went away for a while, and it got rebooted. The same thing happened with Star Trek. This is true. Yes. Now the but it's in the same universe, right? Yeah, it was sort of in the same universe with the, with the, the movie of Star Trek. Yes. Well, they they managed to incorporate a nice little loophole. It's, well, yeah. it's not anymore. Right. Well, they've changed the universe now. They've changed it. It's in the same story, happened. time frame. Well, you know. It all runs on. Uh-huh. And that's what I loved about the movie. Right. That it, it's not set in a different universe or anything. That well, just, they just changed the current universe. But <laughs> within the story. It's not set in the same universe, they just changed the current universe. <laughs> no, it's not set in a different universe. Right. It is. It's not. It is. That's, kind of that, is. that's the point. It's not. It is. No, it's not. This has to be But it is, though. But you're just as much an expert as we are. Okay. Know, it's, he's not, not going to believe me. <laughs> It's physically the same space, but now new events are happening. Yeah, because they went back in town. Right. Yeah. It is, right. but everything's different now. Right. Yeah, because they've gone back in time and changed it. <laughs> but it's the same universe, just a different time frame. Do you see what I have to work with? 
I knew a time when you wouldn't even say that word, so... Uh. <laughs> the movie picked up from the end of the current universe, and then they went back in time and created a new path in the same universe. Yes. <laughs> right, but it was a different universe, like, being created from that first universe. They basically got to have a reboot, but also keep it consistent so that things, you know, things all follow together. So, Gav, are you basically saying Enterprise is the same, so that's fine? Well, Enterprise is the only thing that survived the, uh, the change. Nothing fine about that. <laughs> are we on about the series? Enterprise is the only thing that survived from Yeah, that the was old. unchanged because it was before. Hmm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Listen, we all have our regrettable periods, and that's kind of what I was leading into is, are, is there a doctor that you guys feel the same way that we feel about, uh, say, Janeway? Where you're just like, oh, God, we have to do this doctor now. Do, do you want to say after five, God? Faith. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> and he's your science expert, huh? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the sixth doctor wasn't that great on TV. Now, was it his acting? Was it the writing? Was it everything? What? It was the writing, I would say. I don't know. I'm surprised I didn't because... like him because he was a cunt. <laughs> you do have a type. Yes, basically. Um, but he now, was, was he the one in the white suit with the celery, or is he the one that dressed like a clown? <laughs> Just like a clown. Yes, okay. Uh, yes, the candy man was the doctor at one point. Oh, yes. oh God. He, he, he narrated his companion that we liked. Uh, mm-hmm. Go on, name her. Perry. Perry yes. Oh, yeah, I know Perry because there's that... Uh, because of her tits, yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love and that you... From, from, from the get-go, he treated her like shit and mm-hmm. he didn't want to know her and he just treated everyone like a bastard. Mm-hmm. But then he, the same doctor, was on uh, Big Finish Audios. Yeah. And he was good. So they, yeah. so you got to realize that he, it wasn't his fault. It was the writing. Cause then when they paired him up so with I, the writing. I, yeah. I yeah. think it was the writing they, they were just making him very violent. Mm. Yeah. It, on the audios, they turned into one of the better doctors. Huh. He's, uh, he's actually topped a few polls for who was the best doctor. For Is he? The, yeah. Yeah. That's odd. You've done prayer. Whereas I can't imagine if they did a series of audios with with Kate Mulgrew that those would still be any good. No, no. My God, then you're just breaking her down to her worst feature. Yep. But I think you could. Well, of course you could. You could do anything. If they did them with good writing. Really? You think think they could salvage that? No. After after watching seven seasons of Voyager and, and writing about each one of them, you really think they could salvage Janeway? Yes. Oh, all right. Oh, that was very forceful, wasn't it? They, uh, <laughs> well, they did. There were a number of. Uh, there were twelve. There were twelve. I'm going to say great episodes of Voyager. Twelve out of 180. Out of seven seasons. Yeah. Yes, this is what I'm saying. There were twelve. So surely someone could write. Oh, well, that's a fair point. Within the audio, see if they were all good within this audio medium. Uh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. All it's right. not going to happen, but no, of course not. It's, it's theoretically possible, right? Just like communism. <laughs> well, I mean, Star Trek exists in a future that's basically communist. I mean, uh, there's no money; everyone, you know, can do whatever they want, and the the workers I, control I, the means of production. 
Mao Zedong is the Federation president. Right. He's and just turned another, into a dog now. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> another thing. Uh, Doctor is a small cast. Uh-huh. Um, so well, you I, usually just have two repeating characters, right? And Or occasionally three. Basically. So it's the, it's wherever they are, the planet, the time, or the plot that right. uh, generally drives it. Mm-hmm. So it can, you know, it can be anything. Whereas Star Trek, you know, there's a bigger cast because it's the crew and stuff. Um, where it's so it can be, there's a lot of shows where it's just on the ship with the characters that they have. Um, whereas Doctor Who, I think there's only been one where it's just been in the TARDIS. Yeah, with you the couldn't character. really do a bottle show on Doctor Who. No, I have thought about that a lot before, but you can't really do it. No. You would need other characters to do that. Yep. No, that's, that's a fair point. Um, but then you have the argument of, okay, Star Trek, like the Enterprises and Voyager could go. <laughs> Could go to different places and see different things every week and meet different characters. But the reason Deep Space Nine is my favorite, and I'm pretty sure Matt's favorite. Uh, yes. I, mine. Is it really good? Mine. I love DS9. It's so good. But the, the reason that it, I think it was so good because of exactly the opposite reason, because it had a huge cast and because they couldn't just ruin a society and ride off into the sunset. Every week they had to live with the consequences of what they had done. And every week, you know, if you did something terrible last week, it's still there because you haven't left. Yeah, it brought civilization into the series. Exactly, and that's the reason why. Which is which is the complete opposite of Doctor Who, right? Where he did that Kirk thing. Well, I can like in the Happiness Patrol, he he toppled that society, right, or that that government, and And, then buggered off. And like I said, what would happen after that? (laughs) Like I said, sort of half jokingly, Kirk did that all the time. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is a, that is and then, like, we and kid then about it, but he did it. Yes, <laughs> that was that is definitely a, a trait that both uh, both shows share. But uh, yeah, they're both they're both about you know well at a very basic level about seeing what's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got Prime Directive on Star Trek, you know, about not interfering. Supposedly. That's what the doctor does. That's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Doesn't he have, in general, sort of a, not exactly nonviolent, but he tries not to, you know. He's apparently not not violent, but I think that just means getting everyone else to be violent. Nah, that's so he, he doesn't have to. He's a bit of a puppet master, though. <laughs> yes. Let's like the... him fight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, overall... Which they do explore in the new series a lot more. I, overall, I think my main problem, and I don't want to call it a problem because I still do enjoy the show, but the reason I don't hang on to it every week like a lot of people do is exactly what I was saying. I like the fun, the the sort of whimsical, the, the goofiness of it, but the show tends to get a little serious and dark, and that's, I don't know, it doesn't work for me. I, I Most people like it, but it just doesn't, I don't know, everyone's sad all the time. See, on the other just, hand, just, just like on Terra Alpha. Saddest of all doctors. Hmm? My favorite was Eccleston. He's the saddest of all doctors. I think, and I could be wrong about this, but I think because I really liked that first series of uh, when it came back, I, I think he was dark, but his surroundings weren't, as I recall. There was there was a lot of like contrast between him being sort of tortured, I guess, about the time war or whatever it was, and but there was still that because you want to in- introduce it to a new audience, that sense of adventure, that sense of let's you know let's go, this is fun. I mean, there's that, but then you watch an episode like uh, like Dalek, which is just bleak. Well, that's a good point. I don't know. I, it's mostly what I'm, what I'm talking. What I'm talking about is more the way it is now. 
a lot with David Tennant and a bit with, with Matt Smith. It's like I say, everyone's sad all the time. Everyone's always like, I don't know. Nope. Nobody gets a happy ending and everyone's just making sad eyes. And well, I'd be sad too if I had to hang out with Donna. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Well, that, that shifts Stephen Moffat, uh, Joss Whedon, Brian Bendis, Methodist. I, that, that's fair. I think that's Joss true. Whedon. I think Joss Whedon balanced it with a little more levity. I. That's that's my opinion. Oh, he's very good at that. Yes. Yeah. Whereas with Doctor well, Who, it sometimes just sort of gets absorbed in the seriousness. I think. I'll be interested to see. You know, now that there's a new companion, and he's sort of trying to break from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, the sort of stories before if it'll be different with the new series. Well, it's just, you know, it's just it's just a different companion, but we're interested to see whether that's different. Well, and I think that's one of the strengths of the series is every time you change Doctors, every time you change Companions, you're basically getting a tiny little reboot and getting new audiences in by saying, you know, it's like comics relaunching at issue one. Mm-hmm. You can say, here's mm-hmm. a good point to start because here's a new cast, basically. And the show mm-hmm. gets to keep doing that over and over again, and yeah. so you constantly get a point where people can can jump in, whereas with Star Trek, especially with a show like DS9, if you're jumping in at season three, you're fucking <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll jump in at the beginning of season three. Oh, right. no, that, that's that's part four of six. Yeah. But, like, I, I know... know. you got to go back another uh, couple it, of wasn't episodes. Tape, <laughs> wasn't it oh, recently Stephen Moffat? <laughs> <laughs> it was the re- recently Stephen Moffat said that Doctor Who's not really about Doctor Who, it's about the companion. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. He writes the story. He says more about yeah. the companion. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, they, I mean, they're sort of the audience identification character, right? He, he yeah. wasn't talking about Ian, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were all Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the Ian? Sexy Ian, smarty Ian. Uh, <laughs> who's the Ian now? <laughs> <laughs> who's the more Ian, the Ian or the Ian who follows him? <laughs> <laughs> that was a Star Wars joke. <laughs> yeah. Um. So now we're running an hour and a half already, and we haven't even gotten to the questions yet. Holy shit. Never mind. People will listen. I think we should split this. I hope so. I think we should split this. I think we should... We should like uh, we do every episode we do with these guys? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. We should split it. I think I uh, we should... I don't know how. Well, no. We, we should split. We should start wrapping we'll this up. And then, here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We should, and then do questions in the next one. Exactly, because we got a lot of questions, and I think they'll lead to a lot of interesting discussion. So, uh, do we have any further business with uh, with our who episode? Oh, I suppose we have to choose quotes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't you do quotes? No, you no, did we not. did. No, you did. No. Uh, Matt, why don't you go first? I like the uh, blues man describing the doctor. You're a nice guy, doctor, but a little weird. Enough of the little. All right. I liked. I was- I, Hmm? I was going to say, how does it go? <laughs> it goes well, that's... like, it goes thusly. <laughs> <laughs> there, now the thusly balance is in I restored. Didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I say that all the time. Uh, my quote is the bit that I was talking about before where the doctor just sort of takes command and, and walks into a situation where he should be arrested or captured, as some might say. And, uh, and instead. He's so afraid of being captured. Yes. And instead convinces everyone that he's just, you know, totally in charge. And it goes thisly. Name? Uh, I'm the Doctor. Haven't we met? I'm sorry, that's classified information. You're Trevor Sigma, aren't you? Galactic Census Bureau, I ask the questions. You ask the questions? I'm sorry, that's classified information. Address? 
Uh, which one? If you live here, I need a town and a street. If you're an alien, I need a home planet. Except when you spend more than half the working year away, in which case I need a planet of origin. That's classified information. Name? What? Answer questions. Name? Uh, Trevor Sigma. Address? Uh, Galactic Center. Sam Questionnaire. Occupation? Galactic Census Bureau. Authorized to enter all Alphan property and to interview all Alphan. Good. Take me to the leader. So I think that should be the end of our part one. I think, like I say, we have questions to answer and we can continue those in part two because we don't want to make a seven-hour podcast. You don't. <laughs> no, I want to talk to these guys for seven hours, but I don't want to edit seven hours of footage. Uh, That's so, difference. is that it then? I believe that it is. How do we how do we end this? I don't even know. Off you go then. Uh, Off we go then. Uh, all right. Uh, well, go, Gav. End the show. Mendoza. Was <laughs> even? I know. <laughs> that was good. That was fine. Yeah. Uh, soupy twist. Soupy twist is right. In the next episode, you'll hear English Gav say. So, After this toilet, I guess. And you'll hear Matt say. Hang on, I'm gonna, I'll just take the mic in with me. No. Mm.